Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So I'm so excited to be here. Um, You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do things tonight. Um, So we're believing for miracles. We're believing salvation. We're believing for the lukewarm to get on fire. Amen. And that this area, this, uh, this, this city will be changed and transformed to the glory of God. That there will be many more church plans as God seeks to move his church. So just by way of warning tonight, I'm going to, at the end of this message, I'm going to give an appeal. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to invite you to give your life to Jesus. Uh, We're going to pray for you to be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're not bold, if you're timid, if you're shy, tonight the fire of God's going to fall on the inside of you. You're going to burn, you're going to be ablaze. If you were shy before and you're scared to tell people about Jesus, tomorrow morning, Nottingham is going to know about Jesus. Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is going to fill you with his fire and with the power of the Holy Ghost. And Nottingham will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. The drug addicts going to be set free. Those who are in bondage are going to be released into freedom. The lost are going to be found and the damned are going to be saved. Amen. So I'm excited tonight. So be expectant. I heard someone say before that, you know, we, when we receive prayer, we receive it out of courtesy because we don't really want to refuse prayer, but we don't really believe that God can do things. I want to encourage you tonight, let's throw off every ounce of unbelief. Let's doubt the lie and believe the truth. Our God is a miracle working God. Our God is a saving God. Nothing is too hard for Him. Doesn't matter where you are, what situation you are in, God is able to do anything and above all that we can ask or think. So tonight I want to talk to you about sound the alarm. God is sounding an alarm. Through coronavirus, God is sounding an alarm. Through the the wars that are going on in Ukraine, God is sounding an alarm. Through the financial crisis, God is sounding an alarm. The Bible says, Woe to them that put their trust in horses and chariots, but look not to the Lord. For too long we've been looking to the government. For too long we've been looking to our jobs and our businesses. But God does not tell us to put our trust in those things. For far too long we've been pointing our trust in each other but not the Lord. But tonight there's going to be a shift. Tonight there's going to be a change as the church places her trust in Jesus Christ once again. The alarms are sounding. There's, There's an alarm for two groups of people. There's an alarm for the preacher. By the way, that is you. There's an alarm for the church. That is you. There's an alarm for the lost, for those that don't know Jesus. God is sound, is very clear. Now, when you think of an alarm, usually they're not polite. They're not very polite, they're rude, it's a rude awakening. How many of you are happy to hear an alarm? Not usually. We press, we like to press a snooze button. And for too long we've been trying to put God on snooze. God, I'll do it another day, but not today. We're trying to snooze the Lord. Listen, the worst thing you can do is press the snooze button on the Lord because we are the ones that suffer when we do. When God wants to wake us up, it's for our benefit. 
So the reason why things are getting worse is because God wants our attention. We are the light of the world, but how can we be a light if we're hidden under a stand? God's desire is that we'd break out of these four walls. We'd be more out there than in here. That the lost might be saved in Jesus' name. So I want to just share with you a message called Sound the Alarm. Firstly, we have a warning from God. How many of you know that God warns us? I know today the, the church and preachers, they've painted a picture of a God that's a soft, fluffy teddy bear. God is not a soft, fluffy, fluffy teddy bear. He's not a jellyfish. He has a spine. He has a backbone. God has an opinion. God has a command and he expects us to follow him. There is a warning from God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, that is our currency tonight. By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to the save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became higher of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. We, the church, need to hear the warning from God. God is warning us tonight with everything that's going on. There's a warning to the preacher. The Bible said Noah being warned of God. Tonight, we need to hear the warning from God and stop pressing the snooze button. The alarm is going off. If the church don't hear it, how do we expect the world to hear it? Or else there'll be a, a rude awakening. The alarm will begin to get louder because God wants to wake up his church. We're in a coma. We're too busy trying to stroke each other's backs and tell everyone it's okay. The Bible says, uh, they tell my people, peace, peace, when there is no peace. There is no peace. The alarm is going off. And the preacher needs to hear from God. We're not called uh, to be congregants alone. We're called to be combatants. We're not called to a pew. We're called to an army. The Bible has enlisted us into his army. We are part not of dad's army, we are part of God's army. And God's army shouldn't be in the barracks, they need to be out on the field. And the problem is for so long is we want to gather in the barracks and we want to sing songs and tell each other how much God loves us. But my friend, there is uh, people that need to be fought for. There are those that are perishing and going to hell. And if the church don't hear the call of the Holy Spirit, things are going to get worse. God will shake everything that can be shaken and will be shaken so that what is standing will remain. We need to hear the call from God. Hear the parable about the ten virgins, five wise, five were foolish. But in the end, the problem was they were all sleeping. It's time to wake up. All of a sudden, they heard the bridegroom call. For the, the coming of the bridegroom, five are ready, five not. I want to ask you tonight, where are you? Are you in the five that are ready or the five that are still sleeping? Tonight, God wants to wake you up, sound the alarm. Don't press the snooze button tonight. It is time for the church and those that are in the church, in the congregation, to hear the call and the alarm of God and stand to attention and to put on your army uniform and get out into the field where it's at and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Earlier on this week, we held our first gospel crusade in the town hall. 
we, we wanted the churches to get on board. We, over a period of three weeks, we handed out about 28,000 flyers. We had a billboard. We wanted everyone to hear. We, we had teams out on the streets for five or six hours, five days a week sharing the gospel. In, in 18 days, 19 days, I believe, we saw 605 decisions for Christ. 605. 1,488 people heard the gospel one-to-one -one or from our gospel campaign. The harvest is ready, but the harvesters are in the wrong places. They're in the pews, and if they're at work, their mouth is taped, they're silent. Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of them. My friend, it's time to be rejected by the world. It's time to take a stand for our faith. It's time to get our backbone back and preach the real gospel, which is, by the way, God loves you, yes, but that's not the gospel. That's the motivation. It is the, the, the sin of man that has condemned us, leading us to hell. But thank God he purchased our return ticket. Amen. It is the cross of Christ that he died for our sin. The cross is the condemnation to the world. But at the same time, it's God's symbol of love. It is the resurrection because without the resurrection, there is no salvation. Be another great man going to the grave. But our God defied the grave and he defied death and he was risen from the dead. And now through faith and repentance... What does that mean? Faith in the fact that we are sinners, that Jesus died for us and he rose from the, gate, from the dead. Repentance, turning from sin and turning to God and putting our trust in him. That is what we need to do. The alarm is sounding through the signs of the times, through the distress of nations and through the increase in immorality. I'm not sure if you saw that video that happened here in Nottingham. Youth raiding McDonald's, inspired by what took place on Oxford Street. I'm not sure if you saw those videos. Youth just raiding shops. The Bible says in the last days that the hearts of many will grow cold and lawlessness will abound. And the church needs to take a stand and preach. Sorry, to first hear the warning from God. How do you hear the warning from God? First of all, you do the old-fashioned thing and you read your Bible. Genesis to Revelation. Not just the bits that we want to hear. How many of you know that in Revelation chapter 20 says, those whose names are not written in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is in your Bible. We don't like these scriptures, but it's the truth. There is a warning from heaven. So we read the word, the whole counsel of God. Not just Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Listen, everyone's got that on their fridge magnet. But what about Philippians 1, 29? You're not, also, you're not only called to believe in the Lord, but suffer for him. Whoever wants to be my follower must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Not our beds, not our comfy chairs. There is no such thing as an armchair Christian. Have you heard of armchair football fans who like to support their club from their home, but they don't like to go to the ground? It's time to be summoned to the call of God. So we need to read the Word, but not read the Word alone because that would just be information. 
We need the Spirit. We need prayer. We need to intercede. We need to interact with the Scriptures. We need to pray the Word of God. We need to engage with the Lord and hear what He's saying. Because our God did not kick up His feet into retirement when He ascended to heaven. Our God is still speaking. We need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We need to build a place of intimacy and prayer. And when I say prayer, I don't mean coming to God with a shopping list. God, give me this. God, give me that interceding for the people, for the nation, for our friends, our brothers and our sisters, for boldness on the lives that we will stand up and preach the gospel. We need to see the world through a new set of eyes. I was walking through Birmingham yesterday. Hopefully you can't tell I'm from there by my accent. And I saw thousands of people and I was, I was broken. I was, I was concerned, disturbed for the lost. The love of God is not a fluffy feeling. It's grief. God is grief for those who don't know Jesus. And we've got to ask God for a fresh set of eyes. How do you see your colleagues? How do you see your family? How do you see your friends? How do you see the people on the street? They are people that will stand before God and give an account for their life. We need a spiritual detox. We need to detox we need to start feasting on the word of God it's time to put down the series and get into the, the series of the word it's time to put down social media and all the investment and get into a place of prayer it's time to stop talking and time to start doing we know the world needs to be saved the issue is nobody wants to go listen anyone will preach at a conference where you get your amens for free but who will go to the streets where they will reject you. Many people are not bothered by the way, they'll just carry on. People need to hear the gospel. We need to hear the warning from God. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, if you do not warn them, their blood will require your hands. We need a detox. We need to see what God is saying. And today we have a generation that don't read their Bible. It said that a lot of Muslims know more about the scriptures than the church. We need to read the Bible. And by the way, that doesn't mean word of the day. We've got too many Christians with the died out of word of the day. How many of you could survive on one fry a week from McDonald's? Doesn't work. We've got to up our diet. We've got to be in the word. Day and night, we've got to be in the word of God. Number two, there's a warning from God through man. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on it to ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. The follower of Jesus must warn the world about sin and about judgment. We need to talk about sin, by the way. Because it doesn't make sense for a savior if there's no sin. What are we being saved from? We're being saved from the judgment to come, which Paul preached about. He warned the governor about the wrath of God to come. He preached to the people in Athens and he said, God has set a date when he will judge the world by the man that, he's here, that he has appointed, Jesus Christ. We've got to warn the world about sin and about judgment. That is what Noah did, being warned of God. He warned the world. He preached righteousness. He preached repentance. The follower of Jesus must proclaim the gospel because judgment alone isn't good enough. 
how can we be saved? Through the gospel. Through Jesus. Not our good works. We're not good enough. We think we're good because we compare ourselves to the people in the local prison. We compare ourselves to those who commit murder and robbery and all that. But actually we don't understand other people are not the standard or our measurement of good. The measurement of God is God's holy law. It is Jesus Christ. And if we fall short of his law, we are sinners. And we're bound for hell. We're bound for judgment. Just one sin. Doesn't matter how small we think it is. One sin is wicked in the sight of God. One sin will send us to hell. Because God is holy. And we are not. We are wretched, poor, blind, naked, filthy, wicked. The Bible says our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Not just wicked, desperately wicked. Our sin condemns us to hell. So we must warn the only thing that can save is Jesus. Thank God it's not our good works because we'd fail miserably. Thank God that he sent his son, not a son, his only son, to die on the cross for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God, the one whose eyes are too holy to even look upon sin, became the very thing that he hated. I hate spiders. Can't imagine being covered in spiders. I'd hate it. But God did much more than that. He became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus shed his blood. Jesus gave everything, even his will. He could have not gone to the cross. Hours before his crucifixion, he said, Father, if he's possible, let these cut pass from me. But nevertheless, my, not my will be done, but yours. My friend, if Jesus would have had the cup passed from him, there would be no way for humanity to be saved. There would be no way for us to enter into the presence of God. We would be condemned to hell. We must preach the gospel. It's the only answer to the world. The followers of Jesus must invite people to respond, give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we are. We're ushers. We usher people into the presence of God. We usher them to make a decision. We call them to a choice. Not okay if you, if you feel like it. Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. In Revelation chapter 20, I've read it out. It says, anyone whose names are not written in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire. When the Bible's written, there was no chapter uh, divisions or verses or Subtitles. It was just one continuous text. A few verses later, he says, and he'll wipe away tears from their eyes. I remember thinking, Lord, why we have to wipe away tears from our eyes? We'll be in heaven. And then the Spirit of God spoke to me. It's because we'd have just witnessed a great white throne judgment. And this is what we'll witness people being thrown into the lake of fire by which there is no return. When God passes judgment, it's final. And we're not going to be crying, we're going to be wailing. There's going to be great wailing on that day. Why didn't I do more with my life? Why was I so concerned about the opinion of man? Those people that you worried about, they'll be pointing the finger at you. Why didn't you tell me? Why were you so afraid? Look at what's going to happen now, there's no return for me. The greatest thing you can do 
is to tell your fellow man about Jesus Christ and his gospel. We're going to be wailing. Even those, even Rhino Bonke, Billy Graham will wish they would have done more with their life. My friend, we don't want to live in eternal regret. And that's why he's going to have to wipe away the tears. And by the way, there's, there's never enough that we can do. But we've got to do something. And finally, judgment was executed. Many people don't believe it's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. Many people don't believe they will die because it hasn't happened yet. And all of a sudden it comes. Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 to 39. But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day Noah entered, an, entered the ark, did not know until the flood came and swept them all away. And so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Could you imagine? God gave Noah the command to build the ark. And so Noah began to build, and that ark's quite big. Could you imagine what the people thought? Noah, what are you doing? Judgment is coming, repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Give your life to the Lord. Noah, are you crazy? There's never been judgment. There's never been a flood. So the people carried on living their life. Noah's still building the ark. Noah, are you still building the ark? Yes, judgment is coming. God has spoken. But no, it's been 50 years. Judgment hasn't come. 100 years later, Noah's still building the ark. This guy is crazy. What are you doing? Judgment is coming. Repent. Noah, you've been building this ark for 100 years and judgment hasn't come. You're crazy. And then all of a sudden, Noah and his family got into the ark along with his older animals two by two. The Bible says God shut the door. It wasn't man's doing. That was God's doing. The time of repentance had come to an end. The time for salvation had come to an end. The time to get right with God had come to an end. God had shut the door. See, even if Noah wanted to, he couldn't. This was God's doing. So the door was shut and it began to rain. Nothing out of the ordinary, it rains. So they carried on, living in their wicked lives. The springs of the deep began to burst forth. The riverbanks began to burst. The water levels began to rise. All of a sudden, those same people that mocked Noah, they came banging on the door of the ark. Noah, let us in. Please, we're sorry. Give us one more chance. We didn't mean to mock you. We did not mean to not believe you. Noah, please, let us in. Let us in. But it was too late. The flood came and swept them away. The judgment had come and they were not saved. We have a responsibility before it's too late. The church has a tremendous responsibility to our fellow man. The alarm of God is going off. You don't have to wait for the second coming. Every single day people are losing their lives. One of my colleagues, when I used to work for a particular company, 
I used to tell him about God all the time, invite him to give his life to the Lord. Paul, when are you going to give your life to the Lord? Four months ago, he died in a car crash. He's dead. We're not promised a tomorrow. Not even me. But we are given a right now. And today, God, firstly, if you're not right with God, if there is a doubt in your heart tonight that you have no peace with God, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not sure your sins are forgiven, you're not sure if you were to die today that you would be with God in heaven, you're not sure that you have peace with him, tonight God wants to bring you peace with him. You say, well, Jay, what do I do? Three things. Firstly, you must believe. And that's not just an intellectual agreement. Sometimes you can't understand the things of God can't understand the mysteries but we're called to believe that is a commitment of the heart as a husband to a wife secondly we're to repent what does that mean it simply means to turn turn from living for myself turn from sin and you turn not just from something but to someone we turn to God and we follow him finally we must follow because it's not just about a decision how many of you are married in here now when you got married at the altar after you signed the papers you didn't say okay wife husband I'll see you in 50 years time bye bye that'd be you're laughing because it's crazy and it is crazy in the same way with Jesus you're not just called to make a decision just walk away and there'd be no change there's got to be a change in your life there has to be surrender but it'll be the greatest decision ever Jesus will give you eternal life he'll forgive all of your sins without the shedding of blood there can be no forgiveness but Jesus shed his blood for you Tonight there can be forgiveness, peace with God and eternal life. So firstly, I want to invite you to respond and to give your life to Jesus. Secondly, I want to invite you to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. That you tonight, your life will not be the same. Maybe you've just been living a standard, normal Christian life. And by the way, it's not normal to be, just go through the motions. It's normal to be on fire. It's abnormal not to be on fire. Finally, I want to pray for miracles in this place. If you need healing, I pray that the Spirit of God will touch you. If we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes. I want you to pray this prayer in your heart to God. He will hear you. He will save you. And tonight, He will become real to you. Your life will never be the same again. You may say, well, Jay, but I didn't feel anything. It's not about how you feel. It's about the facts he makes you right through what he did not by how you feel tonight you're going to give your life to Jesus he's going to save you he's going to change your life and your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life you will not have your part in the lake of fire for he saved you if I could ask everyone to just pray with me just to encourage those praying it for a first time or even a tenth time it doesn't matter what matters is you get right with God dear Lord Jesus come on dear Lord Jesus one more time, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight and I give you my life. I believe that Jesus died for me and gave his life for me and that he rose from the dead. Jesus, forgive me for all my sin. Bring me into peace with God. Give me eternal life. I believe that Jesus, that he died for me on the cross and rose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
and I turn from sin and I turn from living for myself and I give you my life Jesus I receive you as my Lord and Savior and I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit set me on fire change my life in Jesus name okay with every head bowed and every eye closed if you said that prayer and you meant it I want you to raise your hand God bless you see that hand I see that hand I see that hand I see that hand is there anyone else okay I want to ask you to do something else I want you to get a part of your seat and I want you to come forward there's no such thing as a secret Christian when Jesus called people he called them publicly come on be quick if you raise your hand come to the front right now come forward I want to give one last appeal come on tonight you could walk out of this place and you could have a car crash this night could be your final opportunity you don't want to live in eternity with regret tonight you could be standing face to face with God but Jesus hand is open towards you right now he loves you so much you won't find this love anywhere else you won't find it in a husband you won't find it in a wife you won't find it in a job you won't find it in a family you will only find it in Jesus his love's unconditional you can't earn it if you prayed that prayer or maybe you didn't at first but you know you need to give your life to Jesus I want to invite you to get a part of your seat and come forward don't worry about well, what, what will my pastor think I've been a Christian for 15 years and he thinks I'm saved and sanctified. Listen, it matters about what God thinks. One last opportunity. You may never get another opportunity like this. Come forward in Jesus' name. I'm going to give a few moments for you to respond.